Hi there, imposters. Welcome back to another episode of the You're Not Qualified podcast. My name is Courtney Heater. I am your host. Stoked to have you here. This is episode number 36 of season two. We are trucking right along, having a great time talking to some of the best people. I hope that you're enjoying yourself. If this is not the first episode that you've listened to, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first, welcome to your portal to people that are saying fuck it to imposter syndrome and just doing whatever it is they want to do. That is what we're here to discuss with all of these incredible people who are doing incredible things. Happy fall. I said that the last episode, but I really love this season. I was thinking that I kind of wish that my birthday was in October. It's in June, and I do love June, and I'm a big birthday person. So it's like I just I love October almost a little more than I love June. So it'd be great. Maybe I'll just celebrate two birthdays just because... You know, everybody should celebrate two birthdays. It's not even a half birthday. But anyways, we're here. We're loving it. We're excited for Halloween. I hope that you guys are all going to do something very fun and get out there and enjoy the spoopiness. And on the topic of talking to incredible people doing just the most badass things, despite their background, today we're talking to Trenna Wilcox. So Trenna has her own internet radio station runradio.net is where you find it she talks with entrepreneurs authors so she has like a podcast segment she also will bring on musicians up and coming musicians to play their music talk about their music she is a force for new creative energy and she provides this amazing outlet for those that maybe are not getting you know on other radio stations or getting as many gigs as they would like and it's a place for them to get discovered it's really cool she talks all about it and she talks about her background because she studied computer information systems in college cis she has a degree in cis so far from it she tells us how she pivoted some of the obstacles that she ran into how she feels and i feel about having literal children decide what they want to do in college and for the rest of their life. It's just insanely bogus. I am thinking that that needs to be an episode all in itself. But she is here with her wisdom and I'm so excited that she was able to chat with me. Just trying to diffuse the tension. It was so much fun and she is a light in this world. I'm very excited for you to meet her. So before we get into the episode, quick plug. If you have any stories about imposter syndrome in your own life that you've experienced that you would love to share, I would love to hear them and I would love to read them on a future episode. So when the season is on, the last Tuesday of every month, I will be having a guest and we will read your emails about your experience with imposter syndrome and I would love to read yours so please submit them they are so fun I love doing them this segment and reading all about your journeys ynqpod at gmail.com is where to find me you can also send me a dm like a, a great millennial at ynqpod 
on Instagram, the good old IG. All right, so let's go talk to Trenna. So stoked. Let's go. Brilliant. So today we are welcoming Trenna Wilcox to the You're Not Qualified podcast. So very excited to have Trenna. She has her own radio station, internet radio station. Never met anybody with their own radio station. It's very cool, but her path to get there is anything but you would typically expect. So that's what we're here to talk about and a little bit more about her journey. Welcome, Trenna. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It seems like something a lot of people probably need to hear more of and probably feel not qualified for a lot of things <laughs> and we're more qualified than we really give ourselves credit for I think in in most aspects I agree <laughs> so I love to start with getting right into why you're not qualified to be doing what you're doing to kind of set the tone so you have a CIS degree I honestly had to look up what that meant <laughs> uh, computer information systems degree yes. but you're broadcast radio, get, got into that for about 10 years, and now you have your own radio station. So far, far from your college degree, eh? Absolutely. So did I knew I wanted to go to college ever since I was, you know, little. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. And like so many people, you know, that's the path. So you graduate, you start going, start getting the electives out of the way. For me, it was like, I'm pretty sure I want to be in business, but I might want to go into nutrition. That was always very important to me, health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. That proved to be so much science that I didn't even want to do that at all. Oh, yeah. Not my thing. <laughs> so I did settle on doing something in the business world, you know, even though. I loved art and things like that, but I couldn't honestly afford to take the art classes with the time and the money and the, you know, you have to get all these, uh, all of your equipment, all of your tools, oh, yeah, all of that's your art you supplies, do. Yeah. you've got studio time. I didn't have time for that, especially when the jobs weren't necessarily guaranteed. Yeah. And so I went with a safer option and started exploring the business side of things. And we had to take this introduction to CIS, computer information systems. And I really liked it because I wanted to make being in front of a keyboard comfortable for other people because I wasn't always comfortable being in front of the keyboard. It was a time when computers were just like the boom, the big thing, you know, forget, forget it. You need to know how to use a computer and not be scared of it. That the end user support side of it was my, the draw for me. And then, um, so we learned some programming. I never became a great programmer, not my super big love, but you know, I was proud of myself for getting through and, and tackling that thing. Cause I wasn't a natural at it by any yeah. means, Yeah. but I, I wanted to make sure I had a job where I could have insurance. I mean, really, that was the idea and got my degree. Didn't have a job like most people when I got out. So I was really nervous, still doing just like part-time stuff like I did while I was in school. 
thankfully by fall, I had my first real full-time career job and it was an end user support style job and it was fine. You know, it was great. I loved the people. I'm just not cut out for a desk job. I found out it was just the corporate life. You know, you're clackety clack, you're doing work all day behind a desk. And I could, you know, if I caught a glimpse out the window, I was longing to be out up and about. So it, it started tugging at me even a few years after I had started, but, you know, I had grown up thinking, you know, when you commit to it, you commit. So I hadn't planned on going anywhere. Yeah. I'm really impressed that you got a job out of college in your field. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a, a, <laughs> something a lot of that's my, luxury. A lot of my um, classmates did have job offers, but it was like, they would have to go three or four hours away. And my family was here. I really wanted to stay here. So unless I could, you know, I I wasn't being recruited because I wanted to stay here and I wasn't looking. So it made it hard. It was very difficult. And I love the perspective you have of just not being afraid of a computer because I'm 34. So I am one of those millennials that grew up without computers and then with the boom of computers. Yeah. And it was like in high school, we had typing class. And it was really, I was really bad at typing and I was really upset about this whole computer thing, you know, (laughs) and I was, I liked video games. So I was like, that's the only thing I use computers for, but now I use computers all day. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it was like, and like you're saying, our introduction to it was just making sure we could type, Mm -hmm. type a a paper, not even an email, you know, a paper. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, making sure people were comfortable, making sure I was comfortable with that because there was no dodging it at that point. <laughs> it was happening. I know it was happening. And now it's, I'm glad that we, well, we couldn't have dodged it successfully for long anyways. No, no. <laughs> There's no way. No. That really lends into then something that I get very frustrated about. And that's basically making kids choose what they want to do for the rest of their life when they go into college, which is insane. But, you know, I guess it's just the way the system is built. It is the way the system is built. Um, And then, you know, 21 plus year old you, you decide, okay, I got into the career that I went to college for and I don't like it. It's not for me. So you have to kind of reinvent yourself. What did you want to do? So you wanted, you got out of college. I got into a CIS job. You didn't like it anymore. What happened? What was actually kind of scary and, and, even disappointing other people, people that were getting close to me, my coworkers noticed it before I did. They were like, Hey, I really hope you find something you'd like to do. Or maybe the, and it was like, am I coming across either grouchy or unhappy? It, it was, it was eye-opening to, for them to realize you, this isn't your, your thing. You know, you're, you're doing okay, but it's just not your thing. So it was, you kind of have this introspective process and a little bit of a breakdown because you're like, I went to school for this. What am I going to do? Is it, I can't start over, you know, and you're still young at that point, but it's still like, this is everything I was planning for and it's not working out now. What? So at that point where it was just getting really stressful and I was just kind of getting to a breaking point, I had just gotten married. We had 
done the whole get the house thing. He got a job that was out of state. So I was like, well, this might be a good time to pivot. <laughs> so we moved for his job. I quit my job and thought this is the time where I need to kind of explore what, what are some of those dream things I would try. Writing was one of them. You know, I was like, let me see if I can write for a fitness blog. They, I did that for a little bit. Some newsletters, the library that I, in my community, I submitted some stuff to. So just little things and trying it, did some volunteering, um, helped people with their English speaking, you know, just somebody to talk to. So that was interesting. So that kind of started thinking that might be something. I also had this dream of like, you know, I've, I've always been curious about radio. I've always been a radio girl. I've always loved music, talk, the whole, everything about it. And so I did visit a station. I talked to a program director where I was living, but they weren't hiring. They didn't even really have any, anything to volunteer for. So I kind of mm -hmm. just put it on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And when we moved back, I was persistent again that I got that tug again. I started messaging every radio station in my hometown that I could think of. Can I come in? Can I volunteer? Can I learn? What do I do? How do I do this? How does that happen? Finally, one of, it was a nonprofit Christian station. So they weren't mainstream broadcast radio, like, you know, a lot of them. So they had a few different rules, like non-commercial, let's, so they couldn't do things in their advertising the same way, but they wanted help. I had said I had been writing, so they wanted help with their building social media, maybe their newsletter. So you can come in, we'll see what we can do. And that's when I was like, okay, I started going in regularly. The program director at the time kind of took me under his wing, showed me some stuff when he could. And then started letting me fill in and showed me some things, you know, behind the microphone. And I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to be on air. I wanted an on-air spot and it was yeah. painful getting it because I saw people come in and take openings that I was hoping I would get. Mm -hmm. I saw, you know, just, I saw, I had a lot of setbacks. Mm -hmm. I finally got a midday slot and was in that slot for a very long time. I also helped two morning shows doing their traffic and weather in the morning and did that for years. And you loved it. I loved some of it. Like many jobs, there were things that were just difficult. You know, when you're part of a morning show, you're getting up early. There's, it, it is, it's work. It's the day. And then you go home and it's time to go to bed so you can get up early again. And so you sacrifice a lot. Yeah. So it was pretty much, it was radio and running because I would run a lot of races on the weekend. And so that was, that was my life. Wow. It does sound like, is it the morning show on Apple TV? That oh, one with yeah. Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. They, I remember they got up early a lot and yes. that was their life. Yes. I look at the clock on there and I'm like, oh, well, that's probably even later than sometimes I would do, if you're going to oh, do anything, if you're going to have any time for yourself, besides just roll out of bed, you've got to build it in. Oh my God. So it was crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. But persistence pays off. I think that's a really good point you have. You just kept asking. Yeah. I just kept, yeah. I kept and working at it, kind of pushing and yeah. That's awesome. Did you have the slot at the Christian radio station or did you switch to a different one? No, I stayed there for years. And then Mm -hmm. in 2020, when I left there and started my internet station, I was also doing some narration. And then I had always wanted to be on a mainstream local station. And I ended up getting on a country station around here for a few months. And then they had some changes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put all that aside and dig into my own full-time station. And that's what I started doing this year is really kicking it up into high gear. I love it. Head down, nose to the grind. So what is your radio station's focus? It is runradio.net, run radio. I'm assuming it's about running if you love running. It's a lot about running the really the taglines life and radio run together. Because, you know, it it really does. There's a lot that goes on. But really the platform is to help promote independent artists, independent writers, musicians, give them a platform because there's podcasts on there. I also like to connect and work with a lot of the local races around here. We'll have running representatives that help promote that race. And then I give them a spot. We talk about that. We'll do interviews about the race and they can talk about it. I have um, authors come on and talk about their books and promote that. You know, hopefully they're excited about their independent publishing route or they talk about how there are hybrid ways to publish because there's a lot of overwhelming stuff when you are a new business owner, entrepreneur, and you're learning stuff and you don't realize what's out there. Yeah. So I'm bringing in these guests that are so wonderful and they have so much knowledge about it and they're willing to share independent artists that aren't signed with somebody, but they love what they do. So yeah, I'll play your music. The big broadcast station might not be able to, but I want to. That is so cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're in Missouri? Yes. Okay. So if somebody outside of Missouri wants to listen, I don't know how broadcast works. Can they find the station? Well, this is internet. So they can go to runradio.net and click listen live and you can hear it. Right. Okay. It's on the internet. So you can hear anywhere. You can download the app if you have iOS and there you go. That's awesome. So you have app developers, you have the whole shebang. There's, we have the one app for now we're working on the other one because, you know, again, it's, I had help with that app development, but otherwise it's all me right now. Hopefully wow. that will change the future, but it's a one woman show for now. Um, I've been doing the networking and hustling, thankfully getting some people that like my idea and we're cross promoting and just doing what it takes, doing whatever it takes. And hopefully it's going to pay off. I sure <laughs> hope it pays off. <laughs> We've been at it since 2020. Did run radio become 2020? become Um, a thing in 2020 that's when it yeah that's when it was born that's when it went live but like I said to be honest it 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 was a lot of learning for me how am I going to frame this I was because it was COVID I wasn't doing a lot of networking I didn't know anything about diving into it that much so I was learning things on the back end that I needed to learn first anyway so it was 
it was kind of a soft launch, you know, all my friends, people knew about it, but as far as getting a lot going after, you know, sponsorship and stuff, I wasn't doing that yet. I had committed to some narration books that I wanted to get done. So there, there were other distractions that, you know, made it a little more behind the scenes. So, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that you ran into. Yeah. Start (laughs) out on your own. I, I can't even imagine where you would start if I'm being completely honest in terms of, I want to start, like, do you just get the domain name and then you just start making shows and it's, it's a lot, I guess, liken it to your podcast. You know, what are you going to say? Who, who do you want to talk to? Um, what do they need from you? How am I going to make it available? You know, and a lot of that does change. You know, you start thinking it's going to go one direction and you're like, well, that's kind of clumsy. Maybe it's like this. And So, and I know that's still going to continue to change. Mm -hmm. Did you have any issues with getting talent and getting people that were like, I would love to put my music on your station? That's not been the hardest. Usually when someone gets word that you will share their music, they're excited to send it to you Mm -hmm. and get it out there. I found a lot of help with some of the um, matchmaker is a great way to connect with other people. Oh, and yeah, yeah. it's matchmaker.fm. It's for podcasters to exchange, you know, talent and interviews. Even some of the groups, there are independent groups on Facebook and things like that. I was even surprised. I didn't think I had, I don't have a great following on Instagram, but I had put up a live one time and said, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to play your music and support independent artists. And I had a few musicians say, I, Hey, I saw that. Let's talk. And some great things have come out of it. So it's again, just keeping Keep at, at it. it. And when you, even when you think no one's paying attention, it just takes one. It really does. It's surprising too, for this podcast. It's like, I love matchmaker FM. I thought getting talent, getting people to talk about their experience would be the hardest part. It's one of the easiest parts because people are really excited about Mm -hmm. the concept, which is awesome. They're really excited also about just sharing their journey and helping other people, which is so valuable. But there's also sometimes another Instagram account will pick up something I tagged them in, you know, and like blast it out to the thousands and thousands of followers. And then I get like five followers overnight, not a huge number, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. You know, it It really is. Yeah. You just got to keep at it, keep sharing it. Um, and don't let the hurdles of being small stay in your way. Everybody starts out small. Yeah. Unless you're born in a nepotism, you know, like it's like everybody does. Yeah. Uh, but you've had a lot of really cool ideas and like really cool paths in the past. You know, you did the CIS, you were a fitness instructor, you were a voiceover artist, which is so cool reading other people's, you know, books for audio books. Have you noticed a connecting thread leading you to your next venture every time? I, I try to keep that. I try to look for the spark Mm -hmm. and how do I make it happen? You know, like I've always thought it would be so, I mean, the narration part is kind of the, I, I dream of maybe doing this, you know, 
cartoon animation one of these days. Well, that yeah. kind of likens it to that. So some of my writer friends, I'm like, so you've got audiobooks. How does that happen? And it's just kind of a, I guess the common thread would be continuing to learn what other people do want and need and how you can help each other. And that kind of fulfills both of you and you get to move forward and find out yeah. new things with whatever think, topic it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's kind of one of the things that I'm seeing that is, is similar when you, when you're interested in other people and they're interested in you, then you're going to find interesting things to keep doing. Yeah. What about transferable skills? Did you learn anything before that you were able to put in place? I think there are always, I, I'm, I'm always pessimistic about that. I'm like, I've wasted my time. That didn't work out. And then when someone talks me down, I totally agree that there are, yeah, when I decided to start writing and practicing, I did a blog. Well, you have to maintain that blog. You have to learn some of the backend stuff, how to upload your stuff, those little kinds of things transfer over. So then when I was in radio, but also wearing another hat of helping with social media, you write blogs, you write for, you've got to be able to write when you're putting up a, a catchy post. So mm -hmm. those skills, those things transfer time management. That's always going to be a transferable skill working with other people. You're not always going to have personality personalities that match you're going to have conflicts you're going to have to know how to deal with that kind of stuff uh -huh. so a lot of that stuff will always transfer and you can see that yeah that is it's so relevant those soft people skills you oh, yeah nail them down and like even practice in your everyday life of asking inquisitive questions if that's you know something you want to get into or even ha starting a blog I think that's a great idea for anybody that even wants to get in remotely into web anything because you have to do it all yeah you do and it can't like I said it teaches you so much that you didn't realize you didn't know and that you can take with you and apply somewhere yeah, else so definitely so yeah. say that somebody wants to get into radio is volunteering one of the mandatory paths into it I don't think it's not mandatory I know a lot of people you know that I've talked to they took communications in school I had a couple of classes I didn't major in that again kind of wish I could have but didn't always know what jobs you could get with what classes yeah. I was taking it's dangerous know? yeah I get it yeah yeah <laughs> I can I do think education is important how we get our education I think we need to reframe I yeah. that's another topic for sure yeah because like you said when you're young and you're like trying to navigate what how life and work work together it's difficult to pick one thing and say, I'm going to do this forever and be happy and love it and, and not know what else is out there. For me, it, it worked. I was like, I don't know how, I don't want to go back to school. I will if I have to, but I want to at least see if I even like this. So I, I love the, uh, I love volunteering route for anything you're curious about because you get to be around it and see all the moving parts because when you think radio it's not just a microphone yep. you've got you've got underwriters you've got people selling stuff you've got people putting together um marketing and you've got 
you've got events, you've got event coordinators. I mean, there's so many behind the scenes people working together. So you can see that you can see there may be another aspect that you love. If you don't, you, you know, all you've done is help somebody. So what could, you know, you or made another connection that could help you in another route. Yeah, it always pays off. There's, there's definitely always some value to all of that. And gosh, it's, it's like, it's so poignant. I I probably should do an episode on that of just like, you're told what to do a lot of the time when you're going into school by your parents, you know, or you're told what you're good at because you're so young, your brain's still developing and you might be really good at something, but that does not mean you're not good at something else. It's just that sticks out. And you know, you might not have loved science, but at that time it's uh, like, even then, like your brain's not fully developed until you're what, 30, 31. And so maybe if you try it now, you'd like it, that kind of stuff. So it's really difficult to say confidently in college that you're going to do this for the rest of your life. And I'm really shocked when people actually do. And all these kind of envious too. I'm like, oh, you didn't just spend all this money for that. Right. Sure. If it works, great. But I'm cautiously aware that it doesn't work that way for a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. But you know, you can always reinvent yourself when you're an adult. That's what this is all about. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Always, always. Um, You touched on it a little bit before, But in terms of finding those new opportunities, so you definitely love to network. You love to connect with people. You're not afraid to go in and say, hey, I would love to do this. What can I do for you? But what is your draw for those new experiences? Like, what do you find a thrill in? I I will do it. I do get scared. I do get nervous. And I think what scares me more, though, is not trying. And being stuck in something I'm unhappy with. And that's what pushes me to at least say, look, I've got to find out. I've at least got to owe it to myself to find out if this is worth something that could bring me some happiness and joy and make a difference. Yeah, you have to just do it to know. Yeah. And you can always backtrack and get out of it. Sure. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of times just trying stuff or getting a feel for it is one of the better ways. Again, college and classes, education is wonderful, but we don't get that same experience as being immersed in, in it. Exactly. Exactly. When you emailed me, you said something that really (laughs) hits hard. And I want to, I want to dissect it with you here. Um, the quote from you, you need to let go of waiting for permission to do what you want to do. Love it. Incredible statement. What do you mean by that? Okay. Be it till you see it. I, I believe, but I don't like the word of fake it till you make it. Don't, don't be fake about it, but be it. Be, if you want to be a writer, by golly, get yourself a blog and start writing and be a writer. Nobody has to grant you the golden pen or the super perfect typewriter and say, oh, ye writer now. No, Mm -hmm. you do it. Now, there are plenty of, there are those people out there that they'll buy the fancy running shoes and park them in the back of their closet and run once a month and think, Hey, I'm going to call myself a runner. I'm the best runner in the world. I know everything. 
we're not talking about those people. We're talking about the people that dive in, do the work. You can be that. Don't wait for someone else to tell you how good you are at something to do it. You don't even have to be the best at it. I've been interviewing writers on my podcast and we're talking about their book. We're talking about their, their writing process. We're talking about the ideas that they've had, how they've navigated publishing. We don't always talk about, they've got a whole different full-time job that pays the bills. That doesn't mean they're not a writer and that they're their full-time job at yeah. all. Yeah. And it's not just for, you know, it can be for your career, but also, like I said, for running, if you want to be a runner and an athlete, do it. You don't have to be the fastest, the best, but you can lace up your shoes and go out there and commit yourself to it. And you'll start seeing the changes. Mm -hmm. You'll start seeing it. You'll start being it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we do get stuck in this. As we grow up, we're told, you know, don't do this until I tell you to, or wait for this, or, oh, you're good at that. You should do this. You and you're not, you're good, not at good at that. Yeah. Don't, yeah, your time's better spent this. Well, why not invest in, if you like it, you can get better at it. You know, you don't need to wait for anybody to give you permission to do something that you really want to do. You can find a way to do it. Yeah. I want, I wanted to find a way to do the things that interested me, like doing the writing, social media, and, you know, giving people a platform. So I had to step back from one thing and I started investigating how I could build another thing. And yeah, it may not work, but I'm going to try and find out or figure out a way to make it work differently than I thought it would. Yeah. And no, you can dip your toe in. You don't have to do it all overnight either. No. You nope. can test it out. <laughs> it, it's not going to happen overnight. And that's something I, I have also been, I guess, not learning. I, I knew on some level, but experiencing. Yeah, I love it if it were turnkey and the website was perfect mm. and every all my guests were lined up. But it's a process of, okay, it's I'm going to have to do what work I can on the website today. And some of these things are going to have to wait. Mm -hmm. I would love to interview eight hours a day, but I can't, I I'm going to have to cut back to a few interviews a day or whatever it, it looks like for a given person. And if one piece doesn't work, I can, I can change that. You don't have to stick to it. if That's not right for you. Yeah, exactly. What's your podcast? It's, is it, it's on run radio, but is yeah. it also is about running? The Run Radio podcast, and okay. we have a few different features. We have the writer's room where the Ooh. writers can talk about their process and publishing and all that stuff. We've got the artist spotlight, which is where the independent musicians talk about their music and what's going on. The Fit Cat feature, which is the Fit Cat fitness feature where we talk all things fitness, the running, all that good stuff. And then Tell Me More, which is a little bit broader. Yeah, that's, that's such a good show. It just, uh, it encompasses so much. I especially love, <laughs> I can only imagine with like SEO, what fit cat might bring up for people like my cat needs to get fit, but it's like a radio station. That's very cute. Um, the, yeah, the, that portion of it. So cool. I know 
from this podcast, there's lots of up and coming authors or people that have written their first book. Um, is it for those people that just want to like talk about their book or are they like crowdsourcing? Everybody. I, if you've written a book, come talk about it. If you've done 10 books, come talk about it. Especially, I think it doesn't matter how you've published, but especially if you've been an independent publisher mm -hmm. And can speak to that because I think for the longest time, independent publishing was kind of frowned upon. Why aren't you with a traditional publisher? Or why would you even write if you're not going to get traditionally published? And it's changed. It's changed fast recently. Mm -hmm. There are more ways for musicians and writers to be seen than there ever has been before. And I want them to realize they've got that that power is there. And that there are other people doing it. So that's the whole idea is for them to see those other people doing it and realize they can do it too. If we only read the books that were published by the big name publishers, how many stories would not get told? Yeah. So I don't want people to shy away from their dream of publishing a book or doing a kid's book or series because they're afraid a big publisher is not going to pick them up. Yeah. Publish it yourself. Get it out there. Exactly. And if you are still daunted by publishing yourself, there's so many indie publishers, mm. very small publishers yes. that are far from, you know, your penguin random house or what have you. Right. Yeah. There's hybrid. I'm learning. I'm even learning how many different ways there are and how many people have done different styles for different books that they've written. So yeah, there are options. There I want are those options to be told for people to know so they can choose. You're doing, you're doing good work here. <laughs> I hope so. Um, so kind of in that vein, there are those people that do re want to reinvent their careers. They want to write that book they've never written. They want to reinvent their lives. They don't even know where to start. What is your advice for the folks that are, you know, they want to get out the door, but they don't know how. I think you've got to start finding a small way to do it. Um, I fully realize it is not feasible to just quit your full-time job for a lot of people that is paying the bills, mm -hmm. keeping their family fed, keeping the doctor bills, you know, under wraps. I get it. But find a way to, you know, start writing a blog, start getting your voice out there, or again, find ways to learn first, learn, you know, make sure that is something you're wanting to dive into become an expert, connect with other people about it and see what's out there for you and the small ways you can get plugged in. Like I said, volunteering is usually a great way. There are a lot of people, but even if it's not like a big official volunteer thing, somebody will get together with you, have coffee and talk about what they're doing and, you know, show you stuff. Just, just ask. Mm -hmm. that, that's another big one. You got to get a little bold and just ask like, say, I don't know the first thing about this. How would I go about it? Yeah. You know, and, and they More might not know, not. but they might know somebody that can. Yeah. Exactly. And they want to help. More yeah. often than not, people are so happy to talk about their journey, how it could relate to your journey and helping you get to the next step. And the worst they'll say is I don't have time. No. Yeah. yeah. And you just can regroup and figure it out. And yeah. like we've said a few times, do not let somebody else tell you what you should be going for. If somebody told you you're not good at something 10 years ago and you really want to do it, try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and 
No, there's also a, <laughs> the phrase we'll use around here sometimes is no one to kill your babies. If you've ever heard that one, I'm a not. Lot of times <laughs> you people, you get attached to a certain way that something has to be done, but sometimes you have to cut the fat to get to the good meat, right? So no, no when to say when on something, don't be completely blind to weaknesses, but see those weaknesses and make them stronger. So, you know, definitely have, be smart about it. Don't, you know, be throw throw out all caution, you know, be, beware. And, and if you do trust someone that, that you rely on for their wise words, consider them, but also consider, well, then how can I make this work to my advantage? Or what is it that I'm, why do they not see that I can do this? And how can I change that? It's mm -hmm. all about dissecting it down to the root of what it is that you need and that they're not seeing. Mm-hmm. You can always get better yes. and you can yes. always, yeah, pivot if yes. it's not just getting better. Yeah. yeah. Where can people find you, those people that do want to be on your show or even, even mentorship, if you would offer that for yeah. anybody that wants to get into radio? Absolutely. My website for more of my, my personal website is trinawilcox.com. It's T-R-I-N-A-W-I-L-C-O-X.com. Like we said, it looks like Trina, but it's pronounced Trina like henna. And then, of course, I'd love for anybody to be listening and send in a request for me to play their music or be on the show, runradio.net. Very cool. Trina, thank you so very much for being here. I appreciate you so much. Um, before we go, if there's anything else that you want to just drop for words of advice. Happy to take it. No, I've had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. And like I said, be it till you see it, go out there and go after what you want to do in any capacity. Oh, love it. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, welcome to the end of the episode. Be it till you see it is like almost all I want to say. That might just be where I leave this, except for your trivia. Be it till you see it. If there is something that you really, really want, take a few things to heart. If you were told you are not good at something, especially if it's, if it's been a while, there's a time statute here, then go try it again and see if you are maybe good at it now. I was really bad at math. I've mentioned this before. I would cry over my math homework. Because I was bad at math, I was led to believe when I was very young that I would be bad at science. I really wanted to study science and become a professional scientist. I was swayed differently because that seed was planted so early it must have been, gosh, fifth grade, because I remember there was a time where I was very good at math. I could do long division very quickly, my times tables very quickly, and I remember distinctly sitting in um, like fourth grade and somebody trying to copy off of my work and them telling me to slow down because I was moving too fast on the math problems. Fast forward to sixth, seventh grade, 
told that I'm not good at once it, it got, you know, more complicated. So I just, I held that with me because it was such a pivotal time in my life and my development where it became my narrative. I then took math again in college, the very, very, very basic math. I was studying English, so I did not need very much. I think I needed maybe two classes of math. I got over 100% in the first math class I took, and it was some sort of algebra or something. I was floored at how easy it was. And then I really started to grasp, oh, shit. Like, okay, there is not a lot of water in the bucket of people saying, because you're not good at it now, you won't be good at it later. It was such the opposite for me. I can almost guarantee if there's something out there that you want to try again, you will have the same experience. You might even realize you don't like it, but you're okay at it. You don't like it, but you're good at it, but... I encourage you to try again. I encourage you to get back on that metaphoric horse, if you will, and take all of the advice that Trenna had to heart because it's wonderful advice. Be it till you see it. If you're not happy, keep reinventing. If you're not happy, keep looking for the next thing until you are happy. Okay, I will put where to find me and where to find Trenna in the show notes if you want to get in touch with her. Uh, if you're in, you know, up and incoming artist, indie artist, you want to get your name out there a little bit more, she would be delighted to hear from you. So please, please get in touch with her and for your trivia. So, uh, internet radio, we know about it, right? Like I have. Sirius FM, I think it's called, in my car. I know of iHeartRadio. I th- was very curious what the first internet radio station was and when. I thought it might have been like late 80s-ish, but the, the first full-time internet-only radio station was Radio HK, which was in the U.S., They began broadcasting music by independent bands in February of 1995. 95 was the first full-time internet-only radio station. It was created by Norman Hajar of Hajar Kaufman New Media Lab of Marina Del Rey, California. Stuff always starts in California, man. So cool. Well, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please like, subscribe, and rate on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a comment if you would like. I have not received any comments on there yet. And rating, like a rating, words, rating and words on Apple. And that would be such a treat. So leave one if you feel so inclined. Please tell people about this podcast if you're enjoying it and if you find it helpful. This one is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, so easy to share. The last Tuesday bonus episodes of the month episodes, easy to share, so it's a little bite-sized, and you can kind of get a taste of what this is all about and all of the gross optimism that we throw at you. Blurg. But I, I love it, and I do this because I am a talker, and I love to 
talk to people. And I hope that you love it too. Okay, until next time, my sweet imposters, I will see you next Thursday. Bye.